0: In Ezekiel 33:11, uh, Ezekiel writes, Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Let's pray. Father, I love and adore you. I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to stand in front of this 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 wonderful church, Father God, and to share the truth of the gospel today. Father God, I pray, Lord, that there's nothing, there's no guile in me at this time. Father God, there's nothing that would want to not, Father God, say just the the absolute truth. Father God, and so I pray, Lord, now that this is a this is a bold sermon, but it's also a merciful and understanding sermon, Father God. I pray that everyone hears. It's not above anyone's head, Father God, but it's right to the point and right to the heart of everyone who's listening right now, Father God. I pray for the, I pray for this sermon, Father God, that it is both within your will, Father God, and that it's timely. Because Father God, I have this deep feeling that we just we lose track of such important things, Father God, that we can't afford to lose track of this. I love and adore you, and I thank you, Father God. Bless us now, Father God, that we can really seek you, God. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, let's talk for a second. Spurgeon said this. He said you'll find true theology summed up in these two short sentences. Salvation is all of the grace of God. Damnation is all of the will of man. So we have a, a... an idea today that we have to fully embrace. You have an idea today that we can't let slip from our minds, our hearts, our thoughts even for a moment and that is that there is in this world simply two paths. The path of salvation and the path of damnation. It's not any way my goal to come in today and try to scare anybody or or with any kind of thought to be honest with you. Um, I'm uncomfortable broaching the topic as, as forcefully as I have to. But time is, is a beneficiary today or, or is a beneficiary to us today in that I, I, can't, I can't dance around. I have to speak truth today. Now, the truth of the Scripture is undeniable and ought to penetrate to our very hearts. Many will die in their sins and be condemned to hell forever. There are people in this world, maybe people in this room, who will die someday, and they will not see the face of Jesus, the face of their loved ones. They will see the face of a just, righteous, and judging God. That's not something that I invented. It is woven into the fabric of the Scriptures. Though it's difficult for some of us to stomach this. I know it is. There are lots of people who don't want to hear it. I think there's scores of Christian brothers and sisters who are going to spurn this truth as inappropriate, somehow we know it's true, but it's never right to say. And I guess what I would ask is then, where's the right place? And when's the right times? I promise you I'll be their Bible in hand. Somehow we think it's not suited for the pulpit, but maybe best for the classroom. Look, it's my conviction and my responsibility to offer warning and hope tonight. I come here today because I know this is true, but I come here today because I knew God's got a plan. That's the beautiful part of it. Now let's consider the testimony about the first very quickly as I, as I continue to work through this. I've got 10 minutes. I've got time. First, for the faithless ones who demonstrate the condition of their hearts by greed and materialism, indifference and bigotry. That's one of the things we need to talk about is the fact that when people are not who they should be in Christ, they tell on themselves. Don't make some assumption that somehow these people are going to be caught by surprise. The evidence is in their lives. Look at what Christ, Christ not me, not even Paul or Peter or John, what Christ says in Matthew chapter 25 verse 45 at the end of the Olivet Discourse in which He goes and He speaks Says, This is your life. This is how you're supposed to respond when you see people in need you're supposed to respond to others. He says this, then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do to one of the least of these, you've heard that term your whole life, the least of these. If you can turn your heart coldly toward the least of these, you did not do it for me. And when we look about upon the world and we see the least of these, it is an invitation to act in the best interest, not of them, not of humanity, not even of the gospel, but the best interest of Christ. Jesus wants us to. In verse 46, And these will go away into eternal punishment. So what is punishment like? It's eternal. It's a temporary. It's forever. It's eternal but the righteous into eternal life." So then, even when condemning, he says, but by the way, there's are going to be something will receive eternal life. Punishment for death in your sins is eternal and everlasting. That is clear. No swift and merciful end. Just the agony of unending infinite death. I've seen the moment of death. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing to see. And the thought that death would go on and on and on forever and never have the mercy of ending. Infinite death by by the divine decree of a holy and just court. You're getting what you deserve. Christ preaches without any guile or circumvention of the truth. In Matthew 10, 28, says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. I think the world's got a fear problem. And the problem is we fear each other. The problem is we fear what people think. The problem is we fear we fear authority. We fear the government. We fear everything in the world we should never fear. And the one being we should fear God Almighty, we have no fear reserved for. We never sit around and think, what does God think? What does He think of me? How is He judging my life at this moment? How is He judging my thoughts? And it's not for the kids, it's for all of us. Everybody in this room has said some things in this world that not only should we be ashamed of, but we should have been judged for. That the world should have ended at that moment, we should have had to stand before our Lord and answer for idle words from a wicked mouth. Healthy, holy, and righteous fear should be given to the triune God. He demands healthy, holy, righteous fear. Instead of spending our days worried about what others think, who have no power to affect us at all, we should be drawn to the heart of God and worried about the opinion of the Son concerning our lives and our works. The only insurance against the fearful and fiery fate of the faithless in this world is to seek the remedy of Revelation 20 verse 15 which says that if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life he was thrown into the lake of fire. Most assuredly there is a real book of life. Revelation verse 13:8 also teaches this topic. And all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has, been, has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life Of the Lamb who was slain. So whose book of life is it? It is the Lamb's book of life. And the names are placed there by God Himself. Before the foundation of the world. Those names are securely written. Do you understand this? If your name is found in the Lamb's book of life right now, it can never be blotted out. What God has given, no one can take away. No man can destroy and no man can lose. Those whose names are securely written therein will never suffer the fate of the lost. If your name is written in the Lamb's book of life tonight for the first time, though time immemorial, if, you, if it's written there tonight, you will never suffer the fate of the lost. You'll never be condemned to a fiery torment. And you're never going to weep again. Paul teaches us in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The uncompromising fate of those who would perish at the hands of the justice of God is not caused by the hatefulness or unconcern of the Father, but is spurned on by the sin of men and women. The wages of sin is death. If a a person in this room tonight was to close their eyes in death, and be greeted not by Christ, but by a judging God, they would do so not because of His will, but because of their own. Not because of His sin, but because of their sin. God judges us for our sins. It's our sin that condemns. No hope can be found in the work of people at all. Nothing. You can't be good enough. You can't be smart enough or pretty enough. You can't be loved enough. popular enough, there's nothing you can do to save yourself. Everything you do is stained with your sin. Escape from the fiery hell comes from the receiving of the free gift of God. It can only be given by God. Infinite life in heaven through the finished work of Christ Jesus is the gift that he can give you tonight. The work's all been done. It's finished. These points, they they form a cohesive theological point. It's big words, I don't care. A a theological truth with the focal passage and the hopeful intent of God's Word. The Lord has no pleasure in in the just and deserved death of the wicked. God's not sitting up there clapping. So glad that He gets to send sinners into hell. He crucified Christ to save sinners from hell. God is insulted when people will not accept the free gift. He's insulted when men and women f- flee from what God has freely given. Now what troubles me the most, and it troubles me in myself, is how often I and others will gloat and arrogantly chuckle when wicked transgressors meet a justified end. I've done it. we we'll see some of that I'm, I know. There's just no light in them whatsoever. And they went to their punishment. I'm satisfied. How am I allowed to be satisfied when God is not? You know, it's time, at times it's going to be difficult to pity some people. Never met somebody you just couldn't pity. I've met some people. I just had trouble. My heart wasn't wide enough to give them any pity at all. They're so wicked. They're so hateful and so mean. Those who seem to ask for such a bitter ending coming to their lives, the Lord admits that no pleasure comes to his heart from his own hand of justice. The one who condemns them is him, the one who punishes them is him, and it brings him no pleasure. Paul emphasized this very truth in in, in 1 Timothy 2 4 when he writes. Um, who, that our Lord is the one who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what God wants. Now in a rigid world of demonic influences and life-destroying fleshly indulgence, that's one thing that's just torn my heart out recently. I won't tell you about this one commercial that comes on all the time. And I've started to realize that in our culture, we have decided that indulgence is power. That power is doing what you want to when you want to do it indulgence is power and nothing could be more wicked. That is the message of the devil. Do what you want to do anytime you want to do it. That's what powerful people do. It is condemning. What must a person do in order to avoid the fate that is not God's desire for the world? I've got one minute. Be fearful and careful with your soul and the souls of others. Fear this message. Fear what God says. Do not treat it laxly. Do not act as if it does not apply because it does. Hebrews 4.1 says, Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. We need to be afraid for ourselves and afraid for others. The Lord commands through Peter in Acts 3.19 for men and women to repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. The command tonight is easy. Repent. Repent of the indulgence of sin tonight. Put your faith on display. Make no attempt to hide the work of Christ in you and surrender life and work to the will of the one who purchased your freedom with His very blood. Show Christ for everybody to see. How dare you hide what it took the blood to implant. He says... Jesus says in Luke 9.23 He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. There's no hidden Christian in that verse. None. I actually gave myself an extra minute so I have 30 seconds. Finally, take advantage of every opportunity in the Lord to not turn or treat his truth disrespectfully. Our Lord is a God to be feared and never to be taken for granted. Do you hear me? God has sent me to preach this for your good and his glory. If you sit there and you take it for granted, who knows what he will do. He says in Isaiah 55, 6-7, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the righteous man, unrighteous man, his thoughts Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. If you forsake your wicked thoughts and turn your back on your wicked life and turn to God, he will pardon. He will have compassion. Not because I say so, because God says so. Tonight, he is a God of forgiveness, a God of pardon, and a God of compassion. Let's pray. Father God, I love and adore you. I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to come and to preach this. And I pray, God, that I've done rightly. Now pray, Father God, that those who've heard will act, Father God. Will act in you, in your power and in your spirit, Father God, surrendering to you tonight. Tonight is the night of repentance. A tonight of the turning of a back, Father God, upon a life that would destroy, Father. We we've been blessed, Father God, with Your Word. Now I pray, Father God, that You that You bless us, Father God, for that Word to take to take action in our lives. In the name of Christ, I pray, Lord. Amen.